Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bearded Bible Thinker. And today, uh, so first of all, last week we chatted just real quick about uh, homosexuality and uh, the the world around us, uh, and as well as its place in Scripture, and uh, the the really the 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 place in Scripture that it holds that is without uh, legitimate argumentation. Um, you can't. Be an actual student of Scripture uh, and uh, read it and study it in context, context, original language, uh, all the stuff. You can't do that and come away with homosexuality is not sin. Now, uh, I realize that, uh, so today, first of all, we're, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about that I'm came across a, a GLAD media reference guide uh, to transgender. Uh, and GLAD is G-L-A-A-D. They are a uh, kind of a media watchdog. They'll get you, um, they'll uh, tell you what's good and acceptable and right and wrong and all the stuff. Uh, <laughs> they're in- incredibly uh, bent on uh, making all of the things that are unbiblical about the the movement out there uh, more mainstream and accepted and the way things are. So these are uh, some of the bad guys, okay? Uh, long story short. Um, so <clears throat> so today we're going to talk about uh, the word sex, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, basically everything that has to do with gender uh, and uh, what all of the things that are going on today, and then we're going to just real briefly look at it from a biblical perspective. Uh, and and to be honest with you, it shouldn't take long uh, to do that. It's going to take longer to work through some of the definitions of these other things. But before we get to that, uh, just in a moment, I, I wanted to say, so someone commented on the last uh, uh, episode uh, that uh, the comment was very uh, short and sweet and blunt and to the point, and it just said, you can be homosexual and Christian, no problem. And I want to say, it, in some context, uh, d- depending on the context, that's true. Uh, you you can be uh, a homosexual, even an acting uh, homosexual, even someone who acts out uh, homosexuality on a regular basis, you can be that and become a Christian, uh, first of all, because all, all of us at some level when we were uh, yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? The, the scripture says when we were in the middle of our rebellion, that's when Jesus died uh, for us. He, he died for us knowing our rebellion, knowing who we were going to be before we met him. Uh, however, Scripture is also incredibly clear about what happens to a person on the inside when they meet Christ. There's this transformation. There's a second birth, if you will, of being born again. He tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. Uh, And uh, one of my favorite uh, stories about, um, uh, oh my goodness, the name is escaping me now. George Whitfield uh, is he, he 
was always preaching about being born again, specifically, you know, like a few days in a row at this one moment. And a a lady came up to him after he preached at one point, and he said, why are you always talking about being born again? You're always talking about it. Why are you always talking about being born again? And George Whitfield simply replied to her, because, dear lady, you must be born again. And so kind of a comical little moment there, but the, the point being, there's a situation that happens when you meet the real Jesus, which is different than almost everything that you hear about Jesus in the mainstream world today. He's not and never has been just this fluffy friendship, wonderful, amazing little whatever, right? He's not easy on sin. Jesus was not easy on sin. He was called, He was one who called people out. He talked about hell much more than he talked about heaven in his earthly ministry. So uh, there, there's a lot to do with this being born again stuff. And when you're born again, when you're transformed from the inside out, there is expectation that your life, your actions, your sinful actions, as the Bible describes sin and wrong, that those things will begin to change over time, that that you will begin to be molded into being more Christ-like and and more biblical of a of a person, that more of a person who follows and is concerned with following uh, biblical things. So uh, there there is an expectation, regardless if you uh, become a Christian, if you meet Jesus for the first time, if the first time He gets a hold of you and you're born again, He. Uh, he he meets you and you are an acting homosexual, go to the marches, all the stuff, right? If that's that's you and you meet Christ, of course you can uh, be a practicing homosexual and meet Jesus. What I would say, though, is that if you've met Jesus and you've known him very long and you're a practicing homosexual with no apology and no intent on changing, you're not trying to change, you're not trying to work on your sin, then that might be evidence that you were never actually a Christian to begin with. And I want to say that uh, just I, I want to say that with love because uh, there there homosexuality is not something that is uh, like this one sin that uh, is unlike the others, right? In in one respect, and it, it if I have a severe um, uh, if I have a gambling addiction. Or if I have, uh, if I'm just a bad stewardship and I don't take care of my family, if I'm a bad steward of the things that, frankly, God has given me, God's the one that gives you jobs. God's the one that gives you training to get jobs. God's the one who gives you energy to do jobs. God's the one who gives you money for the jobs. Okay, everything that you have, your house, all of it, the whole world, the Bible says, belongs to God. So it, me uh, getting uh, money and uh, having a job and, and uh, a family... That's all things that God has given me to steward. And if I, if I, when I meet Jesus, I'm just a greedy, slimy Scrooge of a person, and I don't ever show signs of changing after meeting him. If I never make headway in that situation, then, then it is more likely that I never really met him and never really submitted to him. Never really made Jesus or uh, uh, acknowledged him as king 
in my life. And so uh, th- what, what I would say to that is, while it, in some contexts that, that statement is true, um, it, it is also something that we need to really uh, pay attention to and, and watch what we're saying and watch what we're meaning so that we're not, uh, so that we're not kind of perpetuating some of the misinformation, some of the lies about Scripture um, that are out there. So uh, anyway, thanks for the comment. That was, it was uh, helpful, and I, it shows me uh, ways that I need to sort of change what I'm uh, saying a little bit so that it's more clear. And uh, anyway, so on to the transgender stuff, okay? So this is actually termed in the, the GLAD Media Reference Guide. Uh, they're sort of a media watchdog sort of group. Uh, they do other things, but that's what they're mainly known for, I believe. And uh, they this is called this page itself is the Glossary of Terms uh, Transgender, okay? So I'm just going to read through some of these before anything else. And then we'll dive into some other things uh, from Scripture uh, to help clear this up, the biblical point of view. Uh, the first thing is just sex. Uh, and, and the definition they have is this, the classification of a person as male or female at birth, infants are assigned a sex, usually based on the, excuse me, the appearance of their external anatomy. This is what is written on the birth certificate. A person's sex, however, is actually a combination of bodily characteristics, including chromosomes, hormones, uh, internal and external reproductive organs, and secondary sex characteristics. Okay, so basically sex is all the the physical part, okay? That's what they're saying. Uh, uh, let Let me begin by saying I don't necessarily agree with this stuff that I'm going to be reading. I'm just reading it to give some context of what the world is uh, believing about it lately and and where this is, frankly, where this is going in schools, uh, public schools, and and, uh, in a lot of other areas, okay? Especially in colleges. It's already there, Um, completely there, just about. Okay, so, um, in fact, let me share my screen for those of you on YouTube so you can see kind of what I'm looking at here. Uh, let's get it. All right. So here we go. Um, and gender identity is the second uh, category. It says um, a person's internal, deeply held sense of their gender. For transgender people, their own internal gender identity does not match the sex they were assigned at birth. Um, Most people have a gender identity of man or woman, or boy or girl. For some people, their gender identity does not fit neatly into one of those two choices. See non-binary and or genderqueer below. Unlike gender expression, gender identity is not visible to others. Okay, so um, this this is a sense of, and what you're going to see that is a, um, I, I haven't completely read all of these, so I guess I'm going out on a limb, but I think what you're probably going to see with these definitions is that there is uh, a, there's going to be a reality from all of these that basically say, um, this this is a feeling that I have, 
just and how did they a deeply held sense of their gender okay so this is something inside of me that I decide frankly and they the, the argument is going to be that I don't decide it okay that this is just me um, but at the end of the day we we choose literally everything <laughs> we choose what we believe about ourselves and and everything else um, and and it could be formed. Uh, I don't want to get into that real long because it'll take up too much time. And but that kind of thing, that even homosexuality, that that's something that most of the time is formed at a very young age, based on family things or uh, other outside influences. And you can look up that kind of information uh, if if you want further. But and maybe we'll do that at some point on here. But uh, e- anyway, uh, that that is uh, that's what I'm expecting. That this is all going to be something really deeply held inside uh, sort of feeling or sense of their gender, like it says here. Uh, so let's, let's move on. Gender expression is the next one. It says, the definition of gender expression. External manifestations of gender. So, okay, so the gender identity is a person's internal, deeply held sense of their gender. Gender expression is how people uh, would... Uh, manifest outside publicly their persona uh, of a gender identity. Um, Okay, so external manifestations of gender expressed through a person's name, pronouns, clothing, haircut, behavior, voice, and or body characteristics. Society identifies these cues as a masculine and feminine, although what is considered masculine or feminine changes over time and varies by culture. Okay, they're not completely wrong there. Uh, Typically, transgender people seek to align their gender expression with their gender identity, right, Uh, rather than the sex they were assigned at birth. Okay, so gender expression is an expression of your prescribed or decided upon gender identity. I'm already going to get in trouble for saying decided upon. Sexual orientation. Uh, this describes a person's enduring physical, romantic, and or emotional attraction to another person. Gender identity and sexual orientation are not the same. Transgender uh, people may be straight, lesbian, gay, bisexual, or queer. I, I wish I knew what queer was. Um, but anyway, uh, for example, a person who uh, transitions from male to female, that is physically... Uh, and is attracted solely to men, would typically identify as a straight woman. Not true. Transgender, an umbrella term for people whose gender uh, identity and or gender expression differs from what is typically associated with the sex they were assigned at birth. People under the transgender umbrella may describe themselves using one or more of a wide variety of terms, including transgender. Uh, Some of those terms are defined below. Use the descriptive term preferred by the person. Many transgender people are prescribed hormones by their doctors to bring their bodies into alignment with their gender identity. Some undergo surgery as well. But not all transgender people who can, uh, can or will take those steps. And a transgender identity is not dependent upon a physical appearance or medical procedures. So transgender is... Uh, something that is an umbrella term is what a lot of folks, well, it says it in here, um, the, the people under the transgender umbrella. Uh, so transgender is an umbrella above a lot of other terms uh, that uh, we will see. 
Um, oh, well, I guess I, I don't know if we're going to see that in this particular article, but uh, basically transsexual, for instance, which is next, uh, uh, is, uh, well, it says right here, I haven't read it yet, but it says that transsexual is not an umbrella term. Uh, so uh, trans, trans um, every transsexual person would fit under the transgender umbrella, but transgender does not mean transsexual. It's all very confusing unless you really just live in this world. But um, uh, transsexual, an older term that originated in the medical and psychological communities, still preferred by some people who have permanently changed uh, or seek to change their bodies through medical interventions, including but not limited to hormones and or surgeries. Unlike transgender, transsexual is not an umbrella term. Many transgender people do not identify as transsexual and prefer the word uh, uh, transgender. It is best to ask which term a person prefers. If preferred, uh, use an adjective transsexual woman or transsexual man. That was a good sniff there. Um, And now you're going to hear me take a sip of coffee and slurp just a little. Listen. Do you like that? All right, uh, coffee's really important in the morning. I'm actually recording this at 5.30 in the morning right now. Uh, it is. So uh, anyway, uh, trans alone. So this is a shorthand thing. It says, use this shorthand to mean transgender or transsexual or sometimes to be inclusive of a wide variety of identities under the transgender umbrella because its meaning is not precise or widely understood. Be careful when using it with audiences who may not understand what it means. Let me just say from the outset, most audiences, unless you're really up on um, this movement, this kind of stuff, or uh, if if you're probably going to be closer to understanding these terms and getting what all of this is talking about, if you live in a a really populated area, a city where a lot of this stuff has taken hold already, or if you've gone to college, <laughs> any sort of public college, which is uh, all of this stuff is widely accepted, and they're even having classes, uh, and um, it it is, um, anyway, it's everywhere if you're in certain contexts. Uh, but if you're in uh, rural western North Dakota, uh, you're not going to understand any of this stuff. Um, so because its meaning is not precise or widely understood, be careful when using it with audiences who may not understand what it means. So basically, be careful using the word trans anywhere in our state, I guess. Um, avoid unless used in a direct quote or in cases where you can clearly explain the term's meaning in the context of your story. Crossdresser. I th- I don't think I'm going to read that definition because that's pretty obvious. Um, transition. This is a, a devastating thing that happens. Altering one's birth sex is not a one-step procedure. It is a complex process that occurs over a long period of time. Transition can include some or all of the following personal, medical, and legal steps. Telling one's family, friends, and co-workers using a different name and new pronouns, dressing differently, changing one's name and or sex on legal documents, hormone therapy, and possibly, though not always, one or more types of surgery. 
the exact steps involved in transition vary from person to person. Avoid the phrase sex change, it says. So what this, the, let me say this from the outset. Part of the purpose of this uh, article, it's not an article, the purpose of this kind of guide that they've come up with is just that. They want to guide uh, folks so that we're not offending uh, people when we use some of these. They're, they're telling you what words to use, what they mean, and what words not to use because it's going to be offensive. But let me let me say this. this if they want to talk about uh, offensive uh, things and, and guard people against being offensive, uh, they're going to have to change this every five minutes because that's literally, this, is, this all changes so fast that uh, people are going to be offended in a year because of the term trans, uh, transition uh, or gender dysphoria or gender identity. It's going to be, look, it's, it's all moving at such a weird pace, a rapid pace in our culture that you literally are not going to be able to keep up with, um, with the, the, uh, fight here with the, uh, don't offend me fight. Um, uh, so anyway, so when it says avoid the phrase sex change, that's what it, that's kind of what they're going for there. It's all about, trying not to be offensive to folks, um, which on a general rule, I think that's okay. I'm, I'm not certainly setting out to offend people all the time, uh, even though I know that some of my views and opinions are going to offend people. In fact, every bit of my views and opinions on any of these subjects are going to be offensive to anybody who subscribes to these subjects. Uh, and I don't feel this way or say these things that I'm going to say today simply to offend that's not the point. Uh, it's it's an it's an uh, uh, a difficult outcome. We'll say maybe. Um, regardless, sex reassignment surgery. That's next. Also called gender confirmation surgery, which is incorrect. Uh, not that it's called that, but the idea that it's gender confirmation surgery is correct. Uh, it's incorrect, rather. Uh, this refers to doctor-supervised surgical interventions and is only one small part of transition. Uh, avoid the phrase sex change operation. Do not refer to someone as being pre-op or post-op. Like pre-op or post-op. Uh, these are terms used all the time. Uh, anyway. Not all transgender people choose to or can afford to undergo medical surgeries. Journalists should avoid overemphasizing the role of surgeries in the transition process. Okay. I mean, I can get that because what they're saying the transition process is, is this major uh, lengthy thing that includes a lot more than just some surgery that you might never have. Okay. So I, I, I get the definition difference. Gender dysphoria. In 2013, the American Psychiatric Association, increasingly not trustable, by the way, uh, the American Psychi Psychiatric Association released the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, uh, which replaced the outdated entry, Gender Identity Disorder, with Gender Dysphoria, and changed the criteria for diagnosis. The necessity of a psychiatric diagnosis remains controversial as both psychiatric and medical authorities recommend individualized medical treatment through hormones and or surgeries to treat gender dysphoria. Some transgender advocates believe the inclusion of gender dysphoria in the DSM is necessary in order to advocate for health insurance that covers medically necessary treatment. 
medically necessary treatment is not a real thing. It's not medically necessary to treat and confirm uh, this dysphoria. It, it's, man, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to stop there. It goes, it goes on to other thing. Uh, other stuff. It goes on to cisgender, which is apparently what I am when you are uh, a biological male and you identify as a male uh, gender, then that's cisgender. Same with female. Uh, gender nonconforming, non-binary, or gender queer. Uh, and then there are these um, uh, rules. Always use a transgender transgender person's chosen name. So if I was born as Rick and I want to be Martha, you must call me Martha. Uh, use the pronoun that matches the person's authentic gender. Uh, that is the gender that they've chosen or feel that they have. Um, uh, that's what they're saying. Uh, they say, if it is not possible to ask a transgender uh, person which pronoun they use, use the pronoun that is consistent with the person's appearance and gender expression or use the singular they. The singular they. That is another issue. Uh, just we're, we're actually, we're, we're making this all insane. That, that if we can't even use language, right? There is no singular they. You can't just make up uh, completely different. It would be different if it's a word that is now uh, new that means something. But this is a word that for as long as English has existed means uh, they. It's plural. It's uh, those people over there, they are crazy. Those people over there, they are hilarious. Uh, th that's what they means. It is plural. Okay, sorry. It's it, the struggle that I have is that it's confusing. Okay, uh, um, I have many, 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 many uh, biblical struggles with all of this. Okay, and anyone who is a Bible believing uh, uh, Christian person who who understands that the Bible is the Word of God, the Bible is the the plumb line. It's the thing that every other truth that uh, that all truth comes from. Okay, Scripture is. Uh, frankly, science, true science, and, and all of the, the archaeological discoveries and things like that, it's all simply going to either catch up to where Scripture already was, and it has been for millennia. Uh, it, it just simply catches up to what Scripture says. So the, the idea is, is, from my point of view, from the lens of the gospel, Bible lenses that I look through to see society, to see everything around me, Scripture is uh, paramount. It is the thing that, that gives me truth, period. Now, what you'll see is that there are a lot of folks who would say, oh, well, the Bible is outdated. The Bible is good, but it's, and it's okay to bring it up to date with uh, today. The Bible was written for a certain time, and now we, we need to uh, certainly look at it, but, but uh, bring it up to date with our time and uh, space. So, okay, one more coffee sip. You ready? All right. Um, so I, I have a lot of problems with this. Uh, I could, I could go at this from an American standpoint and the free speech stuff and all of that. 
the language stuff, when you're changing they to a singular, all you're really doing is confusing a whole lot of people and children <laughs> when you're trying to teach them English. Um, however, uh, I, I simply want to do this. I'm the bearded Bible thinker, right? So I, I want to do this from a, a Bible perspective. All of the stuff, glossary of terms uh, that have to do with transgender, um, sex, gender identity, gender expression. Um, I, I want to make the argument that every bit of this is something that uh, is against the nature that God gave humans. It's against the very nature that God gave humans. It's against how he made them. He made uh, males and females physically different on purpose. And we do not have the authority. Okay, I'm going to be really controversial here. We do not have the authority to change that. We do not have the authority to question that. Okay? It is not something that we are uh, capable of doing and being right. To, for me to say, I, look, I uh, was born a male uh, uh, biologically, physically. I have a beard, right? I'm a male. And so for me to identify or suddenly feel that, that I have a deeply held sense of my gender and that gender is uh, female now, okay? I won't even get into uh, all the other stuff. Um, but for me to say that my gender now is female, that is, um, that is enough to already be uh, very wrong with what the what scripture says with God's design for humanity and to simply say that it's being rude that's one of the struggles that people have it's being rude uh, and mean to identify someone uh, to, to not uh, use the pronouns they want to use and that sort of thing and um, I, I think the struggle that I have is that this is this is simply either, okay, it's one of two things, and I don't know the science behind it, so I don't know which one of two things it is, and it might be a combination of both, okay? But the two things that I'll describe really quickly is this. It, it is either um, a, an actual medical disorder that, that a person is um, convinced that they're identity that they're actually a, a male when they were born a biological female um, that that is either a um, a, a medical uh, problem uh, and if if it's a medical problem then we certainly cannot say uh, that we condone or agree with that um, it, it's a, if it's a mental disorder, then the answer in any other mental disorder is not to treat by, we wouldn't do that for any other stuff. We, we wouldn't, um, a person who has schizophrenia, we wouldn't treat them by saying, yeah, those voices in your head are real, Jack. It's, it's okay. They're real. Listen to them. We wouldn't say that. So if it's a mental disorder, 
then the entire medical community, psychiatric or physical, it doesn't matter. The entire medical community is insane if, if that is the case. If the other thing is true, uh, then it's an altogether different issue. If the other thing is true and the other thing being that it's simply a, an outright rebellion against God, maybe it's not a uh, gender uh, dysphoria kind of thing where it's a mental disorder, um, but maybe this person just looks around at society and decides I'm going to be a girl, right, when I'm not uh, physically. And uh, that that alone, um, that's just rebellion against God. And, and um, just to be frank, um, and not... <laughs> I know. I realize in this day and age, no matter what I say, if it's against this, I'm going to be looked at as a bigot. I got a, a notification from Facebook last time I did a video that uh, I, my uh, video was missing context and it was uh, fact checked and stuff. So I don't know. Get over yourself. But um, I, I think that uh, so, so this is not going to be popular. It's not going to be OK. But um in, in that specific instance, Scripture is clear, and, and I do not have time to go through all of it. Scripture is clear that sin at any level of any kind is not tolerated by God, and, and there has to be repentance. And let me tell you why it's sin, okay? I'm going to just really quickly use the same exact Scripture that I used uh, last week, and then we'll go from there. Um, so in this, the question about divorce, okay, Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read it again. We dealt with homosexuality, uh, homosexual marriage, gay marriage, whatever you want to call it. We dealt with that last week from this same text. Uh, Jesus is actually talking about divorce. That's the context. But he uh, specifically says some things and affirms creation, how God uh, the Father actually created it in the beginning through Jesus Christ. He, he, he affirms all of that right here. He says, uh, he set out from there and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Uh, then crowds converged on him again, and as was his custom, he taught them again. Some Pharisees came to test him, asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Back in the day, they would divorce their wives for any little thing. Like if, honestly, if, if uh, mama burnt the pancakes, right, that could be a reason to divorce. Uh, so anyway, uh, so they're asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus uh, said to him, uh, what did Moses command you? So he turns it back around on them. They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. Uh, but Jesus told him, he wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of, this is the important part, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And the uh, story goes on a little bit, but the idea there is God made man. So this is the Jesus that everyone appeals to. Uh, it's just just wonderful, bubbly person who 
just loves you no matter what. And this, um, that's my best hippie voice. I'm not real good at it, but, um, peace, not war, man. Right. And, and, uh, this idea that that's the Jesus and he doesn't, he doesn't hold you to anything. He just loves you no matter what. That is a crock of garbage. If you look at the biblical Jesus, it is a crock of garbage. Okay. He had standards. They're the same standards set forth in the rest of the scriptures, period. So, um, uh, anyway, and if you want to argue about that one at some point, uh, let me know in the comments and, and we'll do, do our best. Uh, but in verse 6 of chapter 10 is the, the, the main verse uh, that, um, in which we see Jesus confirming Genesis. In fact, it's a direct quote from Genesis uh, in uh, 9 or 10, 6, uh, Genesis 1, 27 uh, and 5, 2. Uh, so he, he's directly quoting from Genesis, actually, in his confirmation of the creation order, of how God created them. And, and uh, John tells us that uh, Jesus actually was creator, that uh, in the beginning was God, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. It specifically says all things were made through Jesus. He is creator, okay? So the very creator that, uh, that, um, that created all things says this in Mark 10, 6. Again, New Testament, Jesus himself says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And uh, just to close, there's a period after that, okay? There's no God made them male and female, but if you feel like, that's it, it, not what it says. And look, there are a lot of, one of the arguments that will get made besides Rob, you're a bigot. Uh, one of the arguments that will get made is that, oh, I was born like this. How, how am I to fight it? Why am I to fight it if I was born this way? And let me first say that physiologically, no, you weren't. Uh, there's no science to back that up. Uh, however, uh, there, we all have been born uh, with a struggle or a bent towards some specific sins and some specific difficulties and struggles and things that go against the Word of God. And there are things that the, uh, the Christian who's been a Christian and a follower of Jesus for a long, long, long time has to struggle with and has to work through. Okay, and that that is not an excuse to just say, "Well, I was I was born to like porn, right? I, I was born to uh, be a sex addict. So cheating on my wife is, it's it's just my, I just I, I have no choice. It's just who I am, right? There's no excuse for any sin, okay, for none. So. Um, the argument that says, well, I was born this way and, and homosexuality uses the same thing. Uh, you can't, even if that were true, you can't use that, uh, uh argument legitimately, uh, because it doesn't matter which sin you're bent toward, which sin comes easiest to you which sin you struggle with the most. And it doesn't matter why you struggle with that. Most of those things, frankly, come from mom and dad back in the day. A lot of, uh, there's, there are studies out there that uh, homosexuality 
that uh, people are more likely to be homosexual if uh, m- mom leaves the house or uh, they have uh, difficult difficult parents. And there are so many things that play into creating that in a, in a person at a very young age, frankly, um, that uh, I, I just I think we need to get away from feelings, right? We need to get away from that. And uh, sure, feelings do matter, okay? I don't want to paint them as if they don't matter. But when feelings tell me that that this camera that I'm looking into is a giraffe, that doesn't even make sense. We, we can't make sense of that. It doesn't matter if I feel that this is a giraffe or not. It's recording me and looking at me in the face right now, and I'm looking at it, and it, it looks like a camera, whether I feel like it's one or not. So, um, all right, long story short, I have 15 minutes. Long story short, um, uh, I'm not going to take 15 minutes. It's already been 40. Don't panic. Uh, the, the scriptures, okay, from Genesis to, to Jesus right here, uh, affirming God made uh, humans male and female, and he did this on purpose, and he did this and gave us dignity as male and female, and uh, he created us on purpose to complement one another, to be perfect in, un- in union. To be per- There's a reason that male and female parts work together well, okay? There's a reason God made that on purpose. He made us for one another on purpose. And and I'm not just talking about sexually. I'm talking about in 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 all sorts of ways, right? That there are ways that my wife compliments uh me that man, if if we were the same in this area or that emotionally, physically, whatever, it would it would just really complicate things. Our life wouldn't be that awesome if uh, we were, uh, if, if both of us had the same personality uh, as one another. And, you know, uh, so God, God made us to complement one another, male and female. Um, and there, in fact, that's the story goes in the beginning that when he created everyone, he created them male and female, and he created female because male alone wasn't good enough. Male alone, and it's not because uh, woman power. It's simply because male needed a companion. That he needed someone who was different than him to complement him. Not that he was less important or stupid, so he made females. That's not how it worked. He made men. He made women uh, to complement men, and men uh, complement women. And so there's this design as God made uh, humanity in His image. There's a there's the design. Uh, that frankly, only God, only the Creator has authority to do with as He sees fit. You do not. And uh, I, I don't want to point to all the references in Scripture that use uh, male and female, mother, father, uh, because we would literally be here for days. Uh, and all all language that has uh, male and female. Uh, in in the uh, you have uh, feminine and masculine words and uh, different things like that and um, tenses and uh, whatever the terms right French Spanish Latin uh, all of all these languages ancient or or current they all have male female stuff um, in them from the beginning of time from the beginning of language we have male female stuff. And, and it's, it's not because uh, they just, we just weren't evolved enough then. It's because that's how God designed it. 
That's how God designed it. And everything that happens flows out of that design. And so now what we're seeing is people claiming this authority over their lives that they frankly don't have. We, we didn't create us. We didn't create us. So we don't have the authority to change the definition of marriage. We don't have the authority to change the definition of male and female. We don't have the, def- the authority to, to uh, separate sex and gender. Your sex assigned at birth is your gender, whether you identify with that or not. And I just want to... I, I, I struggle with this because I, I don't... I, though I know what comes out of my mouth. Though I know if, if I did nothing today but read scripture, if I, if I would have done nothing but get on here and say, I'm going to uh, talk about transgenderism today, and all I did was read scripture and made no comment, a transgender person would be offended by scripture. So, I mean, be be offended by what I say or not. Uh, it, frankly, that's just part of discussion in general life. Uh, at every level of discussion, if I'm talking with someone uh, with which I disagree, I'm I and they both are taking the opportunity to offend one another or the risk of offending one another for the pursuit of truth, for the pursuit of um, uh, the discussion, having a rational conversation about stuff. So uh, rational is not, um, oh, that camera is a giraffe. It's just not rational. So uh, until next time, think about it.